following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at karm.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. If you want to, you can give me a call. All you're going to do is dial 877-207-2276. We've got nobody waiting right now. Today's a nice Thursday. And uh, let's see, a couple things, uh, you know, bookkeeping kind of stuff, just to catch you up on some things. I thought I had a debate tomorrow night. I don't. I have it uh, next week. Um, and so I'll put more information up on that better time. So that was my bad. I got so much going on. And uh, we are moving away from PayPal. I spent some time today, uh, just like FYI stuff, to spend some time today um, uh, getting another system going. And uh, it'll, hopefully Monday or Tuesday, we will be done with PayPal permanently. And for those of you who don't know why we're doing that, uh, because PayPal came out a week or so ago and said uh, and said that, uh, if you were to submit or, or give any, uh, let's see, was it, they called it, um, disinformation, then they could fine you or confiscate from you up to uh, $2,500 out of your bank account. And, uh, it, you know, it was just, it's just oppressive. It's, uh, you know, it's Gestapo stuff. And so people are jumping ship from, uh, PayPal. Uh, they tried to walk it back, but people have said, okay, we're done. And we are too. Uh, we're moving out. So I know that a lot of people are not donating because of that. And when we had our, we had our conference last night, a webinar, uh, last night. And I hope you guys can hear me right. Laura, you can hear me. Everything's good. All right, good. And so we had a conference on uh, the Trinity, how it explains everything. Uh, Dr. Vern, uh, Poitras was on and, uh, Brent, uh, Bosserman and Eli Ayala, and it was really good. We went on for two hours. I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot from these guys. Uh, they're all good guys, uh, and uh, it was great. So what we did was we, we kind of rushed through a little bit of, of a setup to try and get more people to be able to attend, and we went through Patreon. And just to let you know, we have a Patreon a CARM account now, and I need to go through some more of it. Uh, but I set it up yesterday in order for us to be able to have people sign up and et cetera. And a couple things didn't work right. And so those people have emailed me and we're going to work that out. Not a big deal. A lot going on. But, uh, if, uh, if uh, anyway, if you want to support CARM and you don't want to do it, uh, with PayPal, which that's great. Uh, you can go to, uh, you can go to, let's see, patreon.com forward slash, a CARM org, C A R M O R G, just C A R M O R G, one word. And uh, we have uh, some things there $5 a month and $10 a month. And uh, I'm going to set some other ones up so people can uh, help us out if they want to support us. We do ask for that and we do need it. I will probably get some uh, ads going uh, in the, you know, got to do some, uh, what they call 30s, when you do a 30 second spot. Like, hey, you know, this is Match from CARM, you know, we need uh, your support. And so we're going to be asking people for $5 a month. If we can get a 1,000 people doing that, we will be able to meet our bills and uh, keep the missionaries uh, uh, above water um, in uh, South America, Africa, and in uh, Turkey. But um, let's just say, well, you know, hey, we need that support. So if you want to support and help us, all you're going to do 
is, uh, you know, you could go to karm.org, the bottom of the website. You can have a mailing address, too. People send us stuff in the mail. But you can also set up uh, in, uh, like I said, patreon.com forward slash karm.org, and you can uh, sign up there, and you don't use PayPal. You can if you want, but you don't have to. We recommend you don't uh, for what we do. All right, there you go. And uh, let's see, Bible study tomorrow night. I already put up uh, Romans chapter 2. Uh, I'll put up a few more verses to, uh, before the study tonight. And we put that online. Hopefully we'll get started on time. We've been having some problems with some tech stuff. I have old equipment, so uh, trying to make it all work is a little bit tough sometimes. But, hey, you know, good thing I, I'm a, a ex-computer tech. What else is there? I can't think of anything except to say, hey, we have four open lines if you want to give me a call. All you have to do is dial 877-207-2276. Give me a call. All right, let's get on the air with Chuck from Burlington, North Carolina. Welcome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Matt. Uh, Matt, Mm -hmm. I was curious if you... You saw Tucker Carlson last night. Uh, I don't know if I, I think I did. Why? What? Do you, what was it about? About. Well, about there's MSNBC people oh, yeah. starting to start start trying to start a race war. Yeah. Uh huh. That was yes. I can't believe it. What? Is yeah, Go ahead, it, it was. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're right. I, 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 I watched that. I, I remember. Terrible. And they played some stuff out of um, MSNBC. It was what is? I mean, what's wrong with these people? It's you know condemning white people. Yeah. White people are bad. White people this. White people that. White people. White people. And it's I don't get it. Uh, you know, they are. They must be racist. And why is it that this being allowed to um, be be uh, promoted yeah. over? They MSNBC? hate white people. They do. And what if it was reversed? Yep. Black people this, black people that, black people this. Oh, there'd be an outcry. But it's okay for them to say white people bad. You know, it was. It, I I saw that it was. It was. I didn't know it was that bad. But they are. They're trying to start to. Uh, a sort of problem. Yeah. And and uh, the I don't know if you've ever heard of Hotel Rwanda, the movie Hotel Rwanda, back when the, the two Hutsi. No, I never saw it. Oh, it's worth watching. Hutsi? Yeah, it's worth watching. Okay. Because he referenced yeah, that it. time back in the 90s when uh, a radio station started uh, promoting uh, racism. And it was black on black, you know, because of Rwanda. And it was basically right. ethnic. You know, this group of people, that group of people. And uh, so, what was it, half a million people got hacked to death with machetes? Yeah. It, it's, there was all th- this is, this is dangerous. They all the rivers with all the dead bodies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, this is awful uh, what they're doing, you know? Yeah. This, uh, uh-huh. That guy, remember that guy, that one young kid in uh, West Manhattan walked up to that mother pushing a baby in the car and he just shoots her right in the yeah. head? Yep. Nothing about on on any news or anything. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, uh, the leftist. Okay, here's here. In theology, there's something called task theology. What's the task that motivated Paul, Peter, whatever, to write what they did? What's the reason? So it's the underlying principle that brings about um, you know, the writing. You can apply this to the leftist. What task? 
would be in place that would then uh, unify their behavior and what they say. And so when they, they hate white people, they hate our, our uh, Constitution, they hate the idea of babies in the womb. You're breathing into the phone, man. You're breathing into the phone. Okay. And they, they want sorry. to kill the... That's okay. You want to kill the babies in the womb. They want to promote socialism. Well, the task at hand is they hate America, and they'll do whatever they can to cause it to fall so they can get a new government, a new constitution, a new whatever, and they want it under socialistic principles. That's That seems to explain everything. And they're just going to use racism as one of the, the pry bars to divide our country. And January 6th, my goodness. Uh, like Tucker said, all those uh, people who are on a lot of medications, they're <laughs> overweight, they're, mm-hmm. you know... Yeah. <laughs> like me. But you know something? <laughs> no, I, I watched Tucker, but I was complaining about him last night to my wife because, you know, I'm a bit of a logician. And when I write something or I say something, I want to have some evidence to back it up. I don't want to draw too many inferential conclusions that aren't necessary. And I think he's been doing that more and more. Where he'll say certain things. I'm thinking, and I'll actually say out loud, Tucker, you can't say that. That's not, that does not, what you just said doesn't support your conclusion. And so I'm having a problem with that. Uh, of course, he's what 98% of what he says is really good. But I'm just saying there's some logic problems in some of the things he's saying. And I think that we need to have a higher level of, uh, of logic uh, and inference in the things that he's saying. And I think that, that he needs to right. raise the, the bar a little bit. Go ahead. He's inferring things that he can't prove, maybe. Is mm-hmm. that what that people what you're saying yeah okay. he, and, you know i could i could write a few of them down when he said such and such but that, that's not necessarily true tucker you know and uh though i understand what he's doing but he who's that black guy the black pastor guy come up oh man he's awesome uh jason winthrop jason winthrop something jason like Wh- that yeah he's he's awesome jason, and jason uh, whitlock. whitlock whitlock that's him that's him my wife and i were listening to him last night and uh I said it before she did. I said, man, I, I would just love to have dinner with this guy because he's just so awesome, you know. And she said, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> and uh, You have to admire him for quitting ESPN oh, yeah. and uh, Fox Sports and just going he, out on his own. Praise the Lord. He's a, he's, a, he's a good man. He's a brave man. He's a godly man. And he's the kind of guy I wish I knew personally, you know. Um, he and, uh, and, and Candace Owens. Oh, man. You know. Yeah, uh, Candace Owens, especially. Now, I'll tell you, Jason Whitlock, I, Jason Whitlock, mm-hmm. I saw him on Megyn Kelly, and he used some language that you would not approve of. Really? I mean, uh, if you've got, if you've got mm-hmm. the, yeah, 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 I can't say it over the phone, of course. Okay, well. I mean, even, I can't even say it, you know, and it was not well, cool, he, you know. You know uh, what? You'd have to see I, it. Mm-hmm. I wish I was on that show, and I wish they'd give me, you know, a five-minute segment to say what I think. Like, like, who's going to listen to a guy named Slick? Yeah. But the thing is, I would call it out like it is. I would say the Democratic Party is the party of the KKK. It's the party of uh, Jim Crow laws. It's the party of socialism. It's a party of lies. And I would show how the Democrats have used lies. I would have absolutely have it documented. And then I'd say they are liars. You, they cannot be trusted. You should not belong to this group if they're going to be lying like they are. And I want to know why uh, the commentators don't do this kind of a thing. Call them out 
and call them. They're flat-out liars. They can't be trusted. They're un-American. And they're for censorship. They are for killing the unborn. They're for so many bad things. Why would anybody support them? And I'll tell you why they do. It's because the leftists have got the education. Which reminds me, since we're just talking, Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Okay, my daughter, my daughters are not Gen Z. They're one closer to whatever it is. All, they're millennials. And I was talking to my mm-hmm. one of my daughters a couple of days ago. I said these Gen Z people, and she goes, "Oh, they're they're incredibly stupid." <laughs> She's in her, in her late twenties, <laughs> and she said this. And I was watching some stuff on. This is why I'm going to bring this up. I've got a reason for connecting the dots here, is because mm-hmm. I've watched a few sure. videos. I thought one, uh, whatever, but several from different people. They're taking Gen Z people. They put up a clock. What time is it? They can't even tell time. They couldn't even open a can open uh, a can of uh, something with a can opener, you know. And uh, but they can mm-hmm. they can go to social social media you know what somebody said what's three times three times three they couldn't figure it out and in my daughter said oh yeah they're dumb they, they don't know anything they order food instead of cook they don't know how to cook anyway it's really bad they're yeah. the ones who are going to be voting and they're the ones who love give me give me give me socialism it's all about the government providing what I want and that's the thing that's scaring the crud out of me. Is this just going to get worse and worse? Yeah, they're going to approve of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. That's oh, well. You know? Okay, Matt. Thank you. All right, Love buddy. You. Okay, Chuck. There you go, man. Hey, folks. Well, that was an interesting little uh, side note. Uh, I know. Politics or religion. Don't talk about either one. And hey, we do both here. If you want to give me a call, five open lines, 877 We'll be right back. Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Welcome back. Five open lines, give me a call, 877-207-2276. All right, so uh, over the years, um, as I get older, I've, I've re- recognized or realized that I just need to say the truth as best of my ability whenever I can. And if people don't like it, that's between them and God when it comes to biblical stuff. And I want to make sure that people understand that uh, that we all have our opinions on things. And I'm just going to tell you what I believe. And if you don't like what I say, turn the channel. Uh, if you like what I say, keep listening. If you're not sure about what I say, uh, well, keep listening, check it out. You should always check out what I say anyway. But uh, I'm going to talk about the Democratic Party uh, because of what it's doing, because of the previous caller. And I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to back it up. I don't believe any Christian, a true Christian, should be a member of the Democratic Party if they understand what the Democratic Party has done and stands for. And I'm going to say it again. I don't believe any true Christian should belong to the Democratic Party once they understand what it stands for and what it's done. And I'm going to read, I've done this uh, about once a month, I'll do this. I'm going to read documentation on this. And I have it on my website uh, under the government area about the Democratic Party. And it'll take me a, a few minutes here to read this. This is what the Democrat Party has stood for 
and is continuing to stand for in other areas. So a lot of this stuff is just horrendous. So anyway, in 1829, the Democratic Party was founded on a platform of individual rights, states' sovereignty, and pro-slavery. In 1830, Democratic President Andrew Jackson creates the Indian Removal Act that forced indigenous people to leave their homeland. And one of the things I, I heard, I, I have been hearing, is how the left in the media will talk about how we, uh, and they're members of the Democratic Party, they'll say, we stole the land. And yet it's the Democratic uh, President Andrew Jackson who created the Indian Removal Act that forced indigenous people to move from their homeland. Um, 1854, the Republican Party is founded on an anti-slavery platform. 1857, in a case of Scott versus Sanford, the court ruled that slaves aren't citizens, they are property. The seven justices voting in favor were Democrats. The two who dissented were Republicans. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not a Republican, and I'm not a Democrat. I believe in the Constitution. I call myself a Constitutionalist, FYI. In 1860, 11 slave states secede from the Union. The Democrats, the Democratic Party, the Democrats down there, started the Civil War. In 1863, Republican President Abraham Lincoln signs the Emancipation Proclamation. In 1863, again, Republicans elect the first Hispanic governor, Romualdo Pacheco of California. In 1865, Lincoln was assassinated. His vice president, Andrew Johnson, a Democrat, assumes the presidency, and he was opposed to integrating the newly freed slaves. In 1865, again, Republicans passed the 13th Amendment that permanently outlaws slavery. 1865, again, Democrats established black codes, a state and local statute intended to marginalize blacks and keep them in indentured servitude. Poll taxes and literacy tests prevented them from voting. In 1865, yet again, Confederate veterans founded the KKK to oppose the Republican Party's integration of blacks. Its first Grand Wizard was a Democrat named Nathan Bedford Forrest. 1868, Republicans passed the 14th Amendment giving blacks citizenship. It was opposed by the Democrats. In 1868, Republicans passed the 15th Amendment giving blacks the right to vote. No Democrats supported it. 1868, KKK Grand Wizard is honored at the Democratic National Convention. 1869, Reconstruction ended. Democrats reestablished white supremacy in the South with Jim Crow laws that legalized segregation that would take another 100 years to abolish. In 1871, Republican President Ulysses S. Grant dismantles the KKK. 1872, Republicans elect the first African-American senators and representatives. This is in 1872, Republicans elected the first African-American senators and representatives. 1878, Republican Senator Aaron Sargent introduces the 19th Amendment to give women the right to vote. The Democrat-controlled Congress voted it out. In 1911, Democrat President Woodrow Wilson uh, stuffs his cabinet with Dixiecrats. 
as powerful Southern Democrats and set back the cause of civil rights for decades. In 1918, the KKK is re-established, targeting immigrants, Jews, and Catholics in addition to blacks. In 1919, Republican Congress passes the 19th Amendment guaranteeing women the right to vote. In 1922, Democrats try to keep lynching legal by creating a filibuster in the Senate. I just... That's just abominable. In 1929, Republican Octaviano Larrazolo becomes the first Mexican-American senator. In 1929, Republican Charles Curtis becomes the first Native American VP. 1939, Democrat and KKK cover girl, this is important, KKK cover girl Margaret Sanger created the Negro Project and Planned Parenthood. That's to kill the black uh, babies before they're born. Uh, 1954, Republican lawmakers outlawed segregation in public school, opposed by state Democrats. Republican President Eisenhower sent in federal troops to enforce the law. 1959, first Republican Asian Senator Hiram Fong is elected. 1964, President Johnson successfully runs an ad titled Confessions of a Republican. Democrats learned that by accusing Republicans of racism, even without evidence, they can gain political power. Now, folks, this is important because lies should never be used to gain power. Lies are the tool of the enemy, of Satan. And if people want to use lies in order to have control over you, it means they have no integrity. If they have no integrity there, then they won't have any integrity when they're passing laws or taking bribes or doing whatever else they'll do. And one more here. In 1964, the Republican-controlled Congress passes the 1964 Civil Rights Act as an extension of the Republicans' 1957 and 1960 Civil Rights Act. Democratic senators filibustered the bill for record 75 days. So now here's interesting. i got to update this, too, is that uh, the Democrats are talking about getting rid of the filibuster. Why? Because it doesn't help them now. So what they want to do is get rid of it, but yet they used it and for 75 days filibustered so that things that would promote civil rights couldn't be passed. So you see, the Democratic Party is a party of KKK, slavery, abortion, and a lot more. How could any Christian belong to it? That's serious. How could they? Hey folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Five open lines. Give me a call, 877-207-2277. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. It's the bottom of the hour. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We have nobody waiting. It might be that you want me to continue to talk about this kind of stuff. And if you don't, give me a call. But if you uh, you want, I'll just keep uh, talking about uh, what government is and uh, why this is so important. The, the Bible actually talks about uh, the biblical form of government. And a lot of people don't understand that when the the, uh, the Puritans were here in America, they uh, they asked the pastors, 
uh, who came with them to set up a biblical system of government. That's what they did. And there's documentation on this. There's videos on the web you can find. Uh, it's there. So I'm going to go over uh, what the Bible says about some stuff, biblical form of, of uh, government and stuff. It's representative. This is out of Exodus 18, 21 through 22. Furthermore, you shall select out of all people able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain. Let them judge the people at all times. Let it be that every major dispute they will bring to you, etc. Exodus 18, 21 through 22, a representative form of government. Okay. Self-governance. Now, Jesus uh, talks about this in Matthew 18, 15 through 17. If your better sins, go to him. And if you... If, uh, in private if he listens to you you've won him but if he does not listen to you take two or three with you two or three these facts are confirmed well then it says go to the church now what's that going to do with government it's the issue of judgment by your peers and the right to govern yourself and take issues into your own hands not in an unlawful way but under the the guise in the, of, of scripture here of bearing witness of having uh, witnesses uh, about issues and the Bible talks about this in the Old Testament, too. Private property rights, Exodus 20, verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house or his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to him. And uh, the principle of liberty and freedom. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians three seventeen, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And Galatians 5, 1, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. In my opinion, the Democratic Party promotes uh, present-day slavery through the uh, promotion of socialism which makes you dependent upon the government and socialism also wants to gain control of the media so that you're dependent upon the media for truth and what the government is doing is, is instead of censoring people because it can't because of the first the bill of rights uh, the first amendment that what it's doing is now putting pressure on uh, corporations to censor people and uh, we're seeing this all over the place. Uh, there's documentation to show that, for example, Google would send, what was it, 70, 75%, something like that, 80% of emails from conservatives would automatically cause it to go into spam folders. But only 10% I heard of the uh, pro-Democrat stuff. So it's censorship. It's control of information. We know what Facebook did, if you've heard about that how the feds went to uh, Facebook and said, watch out for disinformation about the such and such. And so Facebook reacted to what they said and suppressed information. Turns out later the, uh, the, the information was true. It should have been suppressed. And so who gives them the right to suppress truth? And this is another thing. In a free society, truth should be something we're able to speak to one another. If I do not like a Democratic Party, which I don't, and I'm certainly not that fond of the Republican Party, I need to be able to say it over the air and not be penalized or swatted as I've had. I've been swatted. People, you know, someone called up and had a police come to my door and uh, handcuffed me and put me in a squad car because they um, said I did something bad. And the police came and guns on me and everything. This has happened to me. And because, uh, you know, of who I am and what I do. We've, I've been followed in cars. I've been threatened with lawsuits. And so the thing is that we have freedom. And I'll talk to people I don't agree with. They have the right to say what they want. I've even defended atheists and Catholics and even Muslims. <coughs> so whoa, sorry about that. Uh, about the issue of being able to have the freedom to be able to say what they want to say. 
I may not agree with them, but they have the right to speak. In a free society, this is not a problem. But in a, a society that wants to control information as well as control commerce and control the utilities and control the news, you don't have the freedom anymore. You're under uh, a form of slavery. And there's different forms of slavery. Don't just think it was old chattel slavery from the 16 or excuse me, the 1800s here in America. There's different kinds. People don't know that either. I could talk about that a lot. There's ca- capitalist principles talked about in the Bible. In Matthew 21, 33 through 41, the parable of the landowner leading servant, leaving servants in charge of his vineyard. He owned the vineyard and required proper treatment of his people and his property. And there's, I'm not even reading all the verses. Witnesses in a fair trial. Uh, on the evidence of two or three witnesses, a matter shall be confirmed. Deuteronomy 19.15. The right of taxation. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, Jesus says, Luke 24 24 through 25. Not to have foreign rulers. That's Deuteronomy 17, uh, 14 through 15. I won't read it, but let me tell you something. Our government, here in Boise, Idaho area, years ago, we got wind that what uh, our government wanted to do, local government, I couldn't believe it was incredible, wanted to sell to the to China, 50 square miles, and it'd be sovereign Chinese land. And people here protested big time and said, that's not happening. Why is it our government wants to sell our land, our farms, to foreign powers that can then tell us what to do with our own assets on our own land? What is wrong with our leaders that do this kind of thing? They are interested in money, kickbacks, not truth and fairness. And this is where Psalm 82 comes in, where it's an imprecatory psalm with the judges in Israel who are unrighteous and did not protect the people, and they misuse their power and authority, and judgment comes upon them. And uh, uh, let's see what else. Not to have, uh, not to follow. Do not follow if it contradicts the word of God. Do not follow government's lead when it approves of homosexuality, same-sex marriage, abortion, socialism, etc. We have the right of self-defense also. Luke twenty-two thirty-six. Jesus says, buy a sword. And he did. He said that. Uh, they said, you know, we don't have a sword. He goes, sell your cloak and buy one. Jesus said this, Luke twenty-two thirty-six. So what's the left trying to do? They want to control you. If they, they can get away, get your weapons away from you. They can control you. You have nothing to fight back with. So I'm just telling you, this is what's happening in our our country. Christians need to be aware of politics. Christians need to be aware of everything that deals with the promotion of righteousness and or unrighteousness in our country. And I'm going to tell you, don't think, dear Christians, don't think for a minute that the left unbelievers... Who are servants of the evil one don't think for a minute that they'll stop at your front door they will find a way to justify to come in and confiscate various things whether it be your children your weapons your Bibles or whatever it is because that's what happens when ungodly people get in control this is why you've got to read history it's why you got to study history to see how it works and see that oppression comes step by step, slowly. We need to pay attention and use the Word of God as the, uh, the standard of truth. Let's get to Anthony from Virginia. Oh, we just lost Anthony. So, 
Socialism. Let me tell you what socialism is. Uh, we got five open lines. You want to give me a call? Eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Socialism is a political and uh, social system in which private property and the distribution of income are subject to socialized, centralized governmental control. A socialist economy does not encourage private ownership of property and businesses, but prefers governmental ownership and control of the economy for the benefit of its members. Now, there are variations of socialism. And some people like to talk about democratic socialism. It's, it's dumb. But characteristics of socialism, public schools, public parks, social security, Medicare, no privately owned corporations, reduction or removal of private property, all who contribute to the production of the good are entitled to share in it. Government should provide basic services such as health care and education. These are socialist principles. And what happens when the people say, yeah, I'll vote for that, I'll vote for this, instead of earning it themselves, and instead of, of having their own individuality, which with it comes responsibility and risk, as well as reward, then this is what, what we're supposed to have. But socialism removes that. And it says, let the government take control. Let the government take care of you. This is the opposite of what the Bible says. You take care of yourself, and you do it for the glory of God. So the strengths of socialism, what they promote, the concept of fairness, the reduction of poverty, and the rich, they have too much power. So let's get rid of that. And that's what the left promotes. But it also has a lot of weaknesses. Oh, man, does it. we got callers coming in for the open lines, 877 Two two seven six. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. A little uh, government talk, and uh, let's get on with Mike from North Carolina. Mike, welcome. You're on the air. Hello? Hello? Matt? Yes, you're on on the air. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I have a question about uh, Isaiah 51. Um, um, Actually, it's 15 and 16, but it's mostly uh, verse 16. And the Lord of hosts is his name, and I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand, and that I may plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth, and say to Zion... You are my people. Does that is that saying what I think it's saying? That he's creating the heavens and the earth when he creates the nation of Israel? Because when he brings them out of Egypt? Woo, that's a good question. Uh, let me look at it here. Uh, let's see. I put my word let's back up. I am the Lord your God who stirs the sea and its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. I put my words in your mouth. You have covered and have covered you with the shadow of my hand to establish the heavens, to found the earth, to say to Zion, you are my people. Um, yeah, I think what's going on is, uh, yeah, okay, so a lot of times in Jewish thought, great exaggerations are are stated. Like, for example, with um, uh, Melchizedek, he's without father, without mother. 
well, does that mean it's Jesus? Mm -hmm. No. And so it's they would often, and in that culture, they would often say things of people that were very lofty and exaggerated. So anyway, God would use the same style, okay? I put my words in your mouth and have covered you with a shadow of my hand. Well, God doesn't have a hand, but it's just an expression. To establish the heavens, to found the earth, and to say to Zion, you're my people. He's just saying, I'm going to set you and make you secure and it'll all be taken care of. Don't worry about it. I'm going to establish this. And that's what's going on there. Just a literary okay, tool. But, but then I go then I go to Isaiah which one is this? Um I guess it's wait a minute. It's long in my book. Uh sixty. I guess this is sixty five. Still sixty five. Okay, well, what Isaiah um, what verse? It, it, what chapter? Verse 17. What chapter and verse? 65. Yeah, 65. Chapter 65, verse 17. I create a new heavens, new earth, and the former things will not be remembered uh, or come to mind. Yeah, it's a new heavens, new earth. It's yeah, prophetic. But, yeah, but it says, They'll be glad and rejoice forever. I create for behold, I create Jerusalem rejoicing. But then it goes on to say, uh, No more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not mm -hmm. fulfilled his days, for a child shall be 100 years old, and then the sinner 100 years old, but he'll be accursed, and they shall build houses and inhabit them. So that, I mean, that can't be the new heavens and the new earth of what we think a new heavens and the new earth is. When I hear this I mean, part, this is for a loop. When I hear this part of Scripture, what I hear are the literary forms of hyperbole that is used uh -huh. to designate what is coming. For a baby uh -huh. to live to be 100 years old, it's, that's, that's ridiculous. It's not literal. Okay? Right. So it's an exaggeration. For the youth will die at an age of 100. How could you be a youth if you're 100? Right. So, yeah, I understand the hyperbole. But they, they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Okay. Well, so I'm they're building sure houses means, and planting vineyards. No. Yeah, I, I'm be, saying it, it, what I'm saying is when I read well, it, Hold on, hold on, hold on. It just could be metaphor hyperbole for talking about how great things are going to be in the new heavens and the new earth. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. So I guess. Hmm. I guess when we read when we read even the New Testament, then we have to read it as Jews of the ancient that Jews of the first century. The, the first century Jews were often yes were, were familiar with the Torah and the Tanakh and all that. So right when we read it, we have we can't read it with twenty first century minds. I guess is the way you put it, right? Yes, we can, but it needs to be. Uh, nurtured and pruned in the light of its context in which it was written. And this is very important. The, like the Good Samaritan, uh, the guy finds him naked and unconscious, which means you don't know where he's from by his accent or his clothing. Or the prodigal son, where mm -hmm. the father runs to the son. Uh, he doesn't do that. Men of stature did not do that. Or when the blind man opens his eyes and says, I see men walking about like trees. 
Uh, that's because in the culture, people would walk up into the hills and get branches and twigs and put them into gigantic bundles, crawl underneath them and stand up, then walk them down into the city in order to sell them, to look like men walking about as trees. And so we, oh, that makes sense now. And so we do have to understand a lot of what's going on. That's why I emphasize a lot of my teaching the issue of covenant, because covenant theology is mm-hmm. really important in understanding the Bible. Anyway, it's a broad topic you're talking about, and you're you're right. We do need to understand more of what the Bible actually says in this original context, culture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. You answered you answered my questions. But I, I mean, I was reading that, and I was saying, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Uh, or it, it, not that it didn't make sense, but yeah, I know what you mean. Well, the way it didn't make sense. I mean, you know, I was confused. Right. And how um, literal is okay. where you take it exactly. Right. Right. Well, we're literal interpretation. Doesn't that mean in the way that the author intended? We always interpret literally. Not always. Right. You know, know, no, God will cover us in the shadow of his wings. God doesn't have wings. Okay. So, but I know, but I mean, in the intent of the author, we interpret in the intent of the author. And that's hard to decide. Very hard. But I'm trying. <laughs> See, this is, let me tell you, the fact that you're confused about this is actually very good. When I read it and I go, what is going on? It causes me to look. It'll cause you to look. It'll cause you to look at other things. It'll cause you to see and dwell into the Word of God. The Bible has poetry, exaggeration, fiction, history, doctrinal revelation, the recording of the miraculous. It speaks in parables. It speaks in a song. It's just a wide variety of things that God has used to communicate to us because it's infinite in its depth and its value and so and its meaning. And so there's just a lot there. And sometimes we're going to come across stuff where we could, we say, what the heck is going on here? I don't know. And sometimes we never figure them out, but we will when we get to heaven. Okay? Okay. <laughs> okay, he'll clear up the confusion for us. Yes, and it usually gets brighter, better here, but not perfect. I mean, I've been doing this for decades, answering questions, and there's lots of stuff I don't know. People call me, I put them up, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know what it means. Just like what you're saying, I'm not exactly sure what it means. But there are people who have literal yeah. interpretations and a premillennial view. Then there's the postmillennial view. Say, well, these things are used in exaggeration and form in other parts of Scripture, so we see how God works it, and it goes on and on. Okay, but we'll mm-hmm. figure it out sometime. Okay, we'll all right, we will. All right, all right. thanks, Matt. All right, brother. Right. Bye, bye. Okay, now let's get on with William from North Carolina. William, welcome. You're on the air. Thanks, Matt. Uh, my question hey. is this. is I'm, I'm hearing a lot of your rhetoric about the government and all that, and I, I mm-hmm. agree with 99.99%. I guess my question is, where's the tipping point? Where Where is the point where you, you rebel? <clears throat> I think it's past due. In my opinion. I mean, for me, here, here's my thing. I'm a statistical libertarian, and so I see the handouts that have been given, um, you know, trillions of dollars. I think we're past the tipping point of our economy being, it's not a question of if it will fail, it's when it fails. Uh, You can't let two million people in a country during a year 
and mm-hmm. expect everyone else to pay their way. So at some point, mm-hmm. it's going to fail. So my question is, as a Christian, I mean, do do I join the Proud Boys or the the Oath Keepers? I mean, are these organizations against America, in your opinion? I don't know enough about them to be able to comment. So I, I can't comment about the Proud Boys, and I just don't know. And if I did, I, I would tell you. Here in Idaho, we have a reputation for white supremacy, and it's, I've never even met anybody who holds that view. I mean, I've been in Idaho for almost 18 or over 18 years. But I will tell you, there are groups here, and there are groups in other states, where people are gathering and saying, look, we've had enough. And they're getting ready to, uh, to vote and, and prepare. Because, in my opinion, I'll just say this, my opinion, the way the government is working with the weaponization of so much stuff going on and with the open borders, like you said, it would not take much for people to come in and cause, uh, and we give people ideas, but I've known about this for decades, uh, to knock down the power grid and uh, pollute the water supplies. It's not hard to do. And destroy our country. And the people who are in charge aren't hardening our systems. Instead, they uh, open, like you said, over the border, so and let um, let these people unvetted come in. Why? So they can gain power, and they want everybody else to take care of it. As far as I'm concerned, a lot of people in the upper echelons of government have committed treason, and I call Biden uh, family the Biden crime family. I don't trust them. I don't trust the FBI, the DOJ. Well, if, if I'm, so I'm going to, I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote, and I have been voting, but now we're getting to the point where everyone is challenging you know the validity of a vote mm-hmm. so we're going to get to the point where vote yeah. voting alone is not enough so how do you yeah you know, for me i guess i'm asking i don't believe in white supremacy i don't believe in any kind of supremacy i believe in the bible and if the group that i've been asked to join a group and hypothetically let's say i was asked to join a group Mm-hmm. If, if I can look at their bylaws and what they believe, and it doesn't violate the Bible, then I'm going to join. But the second, you know, they get away from the Bible and the Constitution, I'm done. Yep. I, I mean, I'm very frustrated, and I don't I, know who to, you know, where to turn. You and I could have a phone conversation. I can't say a lot of stuff I really feel over the air. But. I hear you. I think it. I think okay. it's time well, to brother, I the- pray for you, and I, I appreciate your straightforwardness. Uh, don't let them shut you up. Well, we are being shut up because, to be honest, uh, financially, CARM is uh, the ministry is is. Uh, in, it, we need uh, support, and uh, the economy is affected. A lot of people aren't supporting us. PayPal, all this stuff. People are pulling in what they can because of everything. So who knows? I may be off the air in a while. And if people don't want me off the air, they need to support us. This is just how it is. I'm not trying to sound like everything's bad. But I think what we need to do uh, is one of the things is read the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence is very critical. And it talks about the obligation of people to throw off oppressive government. Now, is our government oppressive? God bless you, Matt. Yeah, it is. All right, God bless. See you. Hey, there's the music. I gotta get out of here. A lot of stuff. You know, 
Good men need to stand up. And freedom is never easy, it's costly. And what are we going to do? First thing we got to do, Christians, is pray. First thing is pray. All right, folks, back on the air tomorrow. God bless. Have a good evening. Another program powered by the Truth Network.